0: Welcome to the Path to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Wes Barefoot, where it's my mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs and existing business owners take control of their lives and create freedom for themselves through business ownership. Each episode, I'll be exploring the strategies and tactics of other successful entrepreneurs that have created freedom in their own lives while sharing what I'm learning along my own path to freedom. I'm glad you're here. Let's drop in. Before we drop into the episode, a quick message from our sponsor, 919 Marketing. I've worked with 919 Marketing for years and there's no one I trust more with my marketing needs in any of our businesses. I've worked with them in our franchise businesses, in my consulting business. I've worked with them on the franchisor side, And I love working with 919 because they take the time to listen. They take the time to understand what it is I'm looking to accomplish through my marketing, who I'm trying to reach, and then they help me put a plan together to do just that. I've worked with tons of marketing companies over the years, and too often, it's a one-size-fits-all approach, but not with 919 Marketing. In addition to that, they've developed some amazing technology called 919 Insights, franchising's first and only AI-powered analytics platform. With 919 Insights in place, 919 Marketing can identify the exact topics that matter to your franchise candidates and provide the specific roadmap to help your brand become the highest ranking and most trusted resource when they're searching for answers. So if you're ready to start getting better results from your marketing, and if you want a free demo of 919 Insights, reach out to Graham Chapman at 919 459 8157 or send them an email at gchapman at 919marketing.com to schedule your free demo today. So, whether you're a franchisor, a franchisee, or just getting started in your first franchise business, make sure to check out 919 Marketing and tell them West Barefoot sent you. Now, Let's drop into the episode. Hey, what's up, everyone? Man, it feels good to be back on the mic. It has been a minute since I've actually recorded a podcast, been trying to keep episodes coming out regularly. But one thing I have not done in quite some time is put out a solo episode. And honestly, as much as I enjoy the interview episodes and the amazing people that I get to talk to, I also really enjoy These solo episodes and my wife and anyone else that knows me well would not find that a surprise because, you know, they would say that I love to hear myself talk, but hopefully you'll enjoy hearing me talk on this episode because I want to talk about a a topic that's been coming up very regularly here over the past few months uh, in conversations that I've been having with uh, clients of mine that I'm working with in my consulting business that are you know, researching different franchise companies and considering getting into business for themselves through a franchise. And just for the record, I'm recording this in late July of 2021, in case anyone's listening to this out in the future. But I think it's a pretty relevant topic regardless of when you listen to it and, and regardless of what's going on in the economy at any given time. But the the topic I wanted to talk about today because it is very relevant and I've been having these types of questions come up so frequently is the topic of recruiting. Recruiting and hiring. You know, as we sit here in late July of 2021 across America, uh the job market is is pretty tight, or or I guess I should say the the job market pool for recruiting is pretty tight. There's a lot of companies out there in all different industries looking to hire, and it seems that most of them are having trouble finding good people. I mean, I know in my area, you can't drive past a restaurant without seeing a banner hanging out front saying that we're now hiring. I mean, I'm seeing restaurants uh, offer signing bonuses for you know, line cooks and servers, which, you know, I think is pretty unheard of. And so you can imagine that this is a concern that a lot of people have as they're, you know, going through this process with me and considering getting into business for themselves. Most businesses are going to require that you go out and recruit and hire a team of some sort. And so I've had a lot of people saying, Wes, look, you know, I really like this particular franchise. I could see it being a good fit, but I'm really concerned, especially with everything going on in the economy right now, that I'm not going to be able to hire and retain good people. And that's a valid concern. But So, so here's my thoughts on this. I, I thought what I would do is just kind of address this and, and put this episode out, since it is something that is so top of mind for most people right now, existing business owners and people that are considering transitioning into business for themselves. So here's, here's my thoughts, and here's what I share with the candidates that I work with. Um, number one, uh, I don't care what the business is unless it is a sole proprietorship of some sort where you will be the only person operating in the business. The single hardest part of owning A business is always going to be finding and keeping good people. I don't care what the business is. So, all the years that I've been working in franchising and helping other people get into business for themselves through franchises, this has always been a concern for many people, regardless of what's going on in the economy or the job market. Wes, I'm really nervous about trying to find and keep good people. Well, my thoughts on that are, if you truly want to be in business for yourself, you need to get comfortable with it. And I'm not sitting here saying that it's going to be easy. It is hard. In our businesses, it's, it's always been the hardest thing, finding and keeping good people. But it's absolutely necessary that you get comfortable having to do it If you want to be in business for yourself and if you want a business that will be in any shape or fashion scalable, right? Meaning that you can build the business into something bigger than just yourself. All right. So now that we're clear on that, this is just a necessary part of doing business, a very important part of owning your own business Let's talk about some things that, you know, might be able to help you when it comes to recruiting and and finding the right type of people and then retaining them. So, you know, we've got multiple businesses. We've made a lot of mistakes when it comes to hiring. Uh, We've also found some things that have worked really well for us. So I'm going to share you know, kind of some general best practices, but also give some specific examples from, you know, things that we've learned in our businesses. And I'm not saying that, you know, any of these specific examples would be applicable to, you know, any other businesses out there, or certainly not, you know, to every other business out there. But hopefully, it will at least give you some things to think about. Because a lot of it has to do with just kind of being creative when it comes to to where to find good people and how to approach them and and how to position the opportunity. Right. So, I mean, one thing that we've always kind of done is like, you know, businesses and in, in industries similar to ours, we look at what are they trying to do to recruit? And then we go do something different. Right. That way we're not fishing in the same pond uh, for the same employees. So and, and I'll give some more specific examples as we go. But you know, I, I've got to mention here that the this recruiting piece, the training piece, and the retention piece, this is all a big part of where getting into a great franchise can really add value, right? The really good franchisors out there, this is an area that they are really able to help their franchisees in. They're able to help give them a lot of guidance and usually a lot of support when it comes to recruiting and training, right? Now, is the franchisor going to come into your market and recruit your team for you as a new franchisee? No, they are not. But what they will do is, as I've already said, give you a lot of guidance, right? So for example, in most good franchise organizations, They're going to say, look, this is the team that you need. These are the different roles that you need to fill in your business as a new franchisee. And this is where other franchisees have had success finding great people to fill these roles. You know, most good franchise companies will go as far as to give you things like recruiting manuals, right? Where you've got you know, maybe some some profiles or some very detailed descriptions of the type of people that you should be looking for to fill the different roles within your franchise business. A lot of times they'll even have sample job descriptions. They'll be able to give you some guidance in terms of, hey, this is where other franchisees have had success posting these job descriptions and, and finding really good people. All right. So there's a lot of value there compared to if you're starting your own business from scratch and you just have to kind of figure it out through trial and error and and even with a good franchise giving you this type of guidance and this type of support, it's not foolproof, right? We own franchise businesses. We've made hiring mistakes. Trust me, but it's definitely better than just having to try to figure it out on your own and and feel like you're maybe shooting in the dark a little bit. And then the training piece, you know, good franchisors are usually going to have uh, a lot of material and resources to help a franchise owner train, you know, their employees or their team members for the various roles that they need to fill in the business. Different franchisors will do that differently. You know, in one of our franchise businesses, well, actually in both of our franchise businesses, we've been able to send employees to the corporate office to go through some training Um you know, one of our franchise brands does a really good job of doing on, ongoing training and development for our team members. Um, we bring our team members to our annual conference every year for one of our brands. And they have, you know, breakout sessions and, and different, uh, you know, types of activities where. Our team members can interact with team members in the same role as them from other franchises and they can share best practices and learn from each other. And so, you know, you get the picture. There's usually in a really good franchise, there's going to be upfront and ongoing resources to help a franchise owner continue to train and develop their team. But it's not going to happen all by itself. And the franchisor is not going to take responsibility for making sure that your team is trained, right? The franchisee has to be proactive and leverage all of these resources that are in place, right? So I, I just had to throw that out there, right? There's there's some clear advantages to getting into a franchise business versus doing a startup when it comes to recruiting and retaining uh, employees or team members. That being said, as i mentioned earlier i want to share just some things that we've learned over the years in our businesses some do's and some don'ts and and i think this will be applicable really to to whether you own a franchise business or a a non-franchise business um and if you're not in business for yourself yet hopefully you know this is some advice that will help you get a little more comfortable um, you know, with this, this aspect of owning a business because it is intimidating and it does scare most people and it is definitely hard. I don't want to sugarcoat that piece at all. This is uh, the most challenging aspect of owning any business, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, for us in our businesses, you know, we've always had more success finding good people um, by first tapping our personal networks. Right by just reaching out to our circles of friends and other business owners and just our acquaintances, and just putting it out there that hey, you know we've got this business. We're looking to grow. We're looking to bring on new team members. These are the this is the role or these are the roles that we're looking to um, bring people on for, and just see if anyone knows someone that might be a good fit. I think you would be amazed at how quickly. And, and how good of candidates you can actually get through doing that. So, you know, we've done the the traditional job boards, and we've used Indeed and ZipRecruiter and all that, and we've had a little bit of success, but that's never, you know, been the, the primary way that we've been able to find really good people to bring into our businesses. Um, tapping those personal networks has been huge for us. So, I would say start there. Plus, it's free. It doesn't cost you anything, right? Um, no harm in, in trying it. So put it out there uh, to your personal network. The other thing that, and this is one that we've learned the hard way for sure, and, and, and this will vary a little bit depending on the type of, of position that you're hiring for and what the requirements of uh, the person in that position are going to be. But, you know, we've hired for a lot of different Types of positions in our businesses, you know, more skilled labor, salespeople, operations, uh, administrative, you know, more of a marketing focus. We we've kind of, you know, hired for for just about you know any kind of general role that a business may require. And one of the things that we've learned the hard way and really just had to get comfortable with is that, you know, we we don't necessarily look for direct experience in the role that we're hiring for. We have really gotten comfortable with the mentality that we're going to hire people that have the personality and the character traits that align with the values that we've established in our businesses. And then we're going to train them up for the role that we've hired them for. Now, that being said, you know, if it's a sales role, for example, sure, we would prefer that the person that we're bringing on has had some type of sales experience, right? But, you know, in both of the businesses we own, we do in-home sales, right? So some of our best salespeople that we've had to date have had no prior in-home sales experience before coming to work for us. For us. But we've just kind of understood, all right, what are the general characteristics that someone needs to have to be successful in this role? And and we haven't gotten too caught up in, you know, do they have direct experience or direct industry experience? Because, you know, number one, it just it it narrows the the playing field. You know, if you limit yourself to only looking for people that do have you know, that direct experience. The other risk you run, and this is where we've kind of learned this lesson the hard way, is if you do go out and find someone that maybe has the exact experience or the exact background that that you're hiring for, you run the risk of getting someone that's going to have bad habits and maybe even a bad attitude, right? Because they've already been doing this same role, but for someone else, right? So the company they worked for, Uh, prior may not have had the same values, may not have had the same culture. They may have had very different processes in their business. And so, you know, it's the old saying, it's hard to train an old dog new tricks, right? So if you get someone that doesn't have those bad habits or tendencies, uh, it's probably going to be easier to really, you know, train them to, to operate in their role the way that you as the business owner want them to operate in that role. Uh, So we've really, really put an emphasis in our hiring by hiring based on uh, character, work ethic, personality. The other thing we do is we look for people that are hungry and that want to grow with us as an organization. So we're very, very Uh, specific about trying to, you know, make sure that when we're talking to someone about joining one of our teams, that they understand what what our vision is, right? And what our long-term goals are. And we want them to understand that while, yes, we are talking to you about a specific role today, if you come in and you work hard and you perform well in your role, there will be opportunity for you to grow with us. You know, and, and and usually we tell them like, look, I don't know exactly what that growth potential may look like. I don't I can't give you an exact timeline for, you know, when there would be an opportunity to move up with us, but I can tell you that our goal is to continue growing the businesses we have today as well as to continue adding great businesses to what we're already doing. So, we're specifically looking for people that, that show us that they're hungry to get in with a good organization that's focused on continued growth and that they want to grow with us. So that's something that's important for us, right? We're not looking for people to just show up and go through the motions and collect a paycheck. We want people that, that want to roll their sleeves up, get to work, learn as much as they can, and and continue growing themselves uh, while they help us grow our businesses. And in exchange for that, they'll have the potential to continue to, to grow uh, with us. Right. So that's something that uh, we've had much more success bringing in those types of people versus, you know, someone that's been doing the exact same thing for 10, 15, 20 years and they just want to keep doing that exact same thing for the foreseeable future. And I mentioned this earlier, you know, kind of thinking creatively, right? So I'll give a few examples here, right? But like our most recent business, it's an insulation business. And I've already talked about how, you know, we've just kind of learned over the years that just because we have an insulation business and we need to hire people to install the insulation that we're selling, it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to go and find someone that has done uh, insulation, installation before it's a mouthful. it's always hard for me to say. So I'll give you an example, right? One of the things we we try to look at is like, okay, who would look at this opportunity that we're hiring for as as a step up from what they're currently doing, but would still have probably the the skill set and the capabilities to learn how to perform well in this role. So using the example of our insulation business, The majority of the team that we've hired to date in that business has come out of not the insulation industry, not even the construction industry, but the restaurant industry. Sounds kind of wacky, doesn't it? But so far, it's worked out really well for us, right? Doing insulation work is hard, hot, unsexy work. Well, so is restaurant work, right? Especially if you're someone that's working in the kitchen. It's hot, you're sweaty all the time, you're busting your ass, and and, and it's not the most glamorous position, right? But what we kind of learned through this is that, you know, these people that have spent a lot of time working in the restaurant industry, uh, it's a grind, man. Their schedule's crazy. They're working nights, they're working weekends, you know, they're pulling 12, 15, 16 hour days a lot of times. And so, you know, we connected with some really hard workers, but they were looking for an opportunity to get out of the restaurant industry. They didn't see any upward mobility and they wanted a more normal schedule. So while, yes, they still work very hard, if not harder in uh, our insulation business, they're not working nights, they're, they're not working weekends, or if they do, it's very, very rare and so they get a more normal schedule. And like I've already said, you know, we, we've painted the picture for them, right? We've got big plans, right? So if you get in with us now, if you work hard and you do your job well, there will very likely uh, be opportunity to grow. And, and one of the first guys that we hired to do uh, installs for us in the installation business, he's already cross-training to learn to do sales for us. Where in addition to his hourly rate that he gets installing when he goes out and sells something, he gets to earn commission. So he's already been able to increase his earning potential in a pretty short period of time. But it's because he was hungry, he dove in, and he was serious about learning uh, not only the role we hired him for, but other roles within the business. Uh, in our shelving business, you know that's a little bit of a different one to recruit for because our team is not W-2 employees, they're ten ninety 1099 contractors, which really just means we pay them differently, right? Instead of having an hourly rate or a salary, we pay them a commission, right? So for the salespeople, it's a percentage of each job that they sell. For the installers, it's a percentage of each job that they install, right? So we kind of looked at that and said, okay, well, because of the the nature of, of the business and the way that we structure it with our, our team, you know, we don't necessarily need someone that can dedicate 40 hours a week to us, right? So again, using the same kind of mindset of who out there would look at this as a great opportunity, let's go get in front of them. Three quarters of our installation team in that business is either firefighters or police officers, right? And the way we position it to them is, hey, look at this as your side business when you're not at the station, right? Most firefighters and many police officers, because of the way their shifts work, they have a lot of times multiple days in a row on a weekly basis. And over the course of a month, they probably have a week to two weeks where they're not at the station, they're not on shift. So many of them have side businesses, right? So our installers that are firefighters, they absolutely love this, right? Because it's hard for them to find a normal part-time job because their schedule's different every single week. They couldn't take a job where the company said, hey, we need you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday between these hours because their schedule is not consistent like that. It varies, so our structure works great because we assign them jobs that they're responsible for. They understand our expectations for how quickly they need to, you know, reach out to the client, get them on the calendar, but we don't tell them when to show up and and do the install. Right? They schedule it around their other schedule. And so what we've gotten with that is, you know, guys that that treat their role with our business as their own business so they have ownership of their role um, and they make amazing money for the time that they put into it it's a win-win and it's really a win-win-win because the clients absolutely love it when they find out these guys are firefighters or police officers there's like instant credibility and trust right in in a business where there there can be distrust right i mean we're going into people's homes right? We're working in their kitchens or their closets or their attics. So a lot of homeowners are a little bit nervous about that. They're like, "Who who is this company sending into my house? Are they legit? Are they safe? When our clients find out, oh, you're a firefighter? Oh, you're a state trooper? It's it's like game on, right? They're asking these guys to stay for dinner. They're showing them pictures of their family. It's amazing, right? So I realized that these examples I just gave may not be applicable at all to businesses that you own or businesses that you may be considering getting into. The whole point here is think outside of the box, right? If you have a painting business, you don't have to go out and hire someone that's got painting experience. Think about the general characteristics that you would be looking for for a painter, And then think about who out there has those characteristics but would view this opportunity to come work as a painter for me as an upgrade from what they're currently doing. And if you do that, you're going to get people that are hungry and motivated and are not going to be as likely to have the bad habits and the bad attitude as if you limited yourself to only looking for people with painting experience. I want to shift gears now to the retention piece of this, right? And I'm probably not going to share anything like revolutionary with you that you haven't already heard or learned. But I mean, the biggest thing in our experience is once you have a good person on your team, take good care of them, right? I see business owners all the time stepping over dollars to pick up nickels when it comes to their team, right? They resist you know, paying a little bit more per hour, or a little bit higher of a salary, or you know, giving the the bare minimum when it comes to benefits, and, and you're going to end up losing good people, right? I mean, our philosophy in our business, whether it's a, a commission only person, an hourly person, or a salaried person, we have all three. Is we want to make damn sure that if we've got a good person they would never even think about leaving us, even if another company came along and said, hey, we'll pay you another $2 an hour, or we'll pay you another $10,000 a year, or whatever the case is, right? We take very good pe- care of our people. We are very intentional about trying to create a culture within all of our businesses where, as I've already mentioned several times, you know, there there is that sense of upward mobility. We won't Every single person on our team to know that if they want it and if they work hard and perform, there's an opportunity for them to grow with us. Right. In addition to that, you know, a lot of times it doesn't take a whole lot to just really show your team that you appreciate them and that they're valuable. So we try to have team meetings where everyone's included and we want them to see, even if they are, you know, technically kind of at the bottom of the org chart, we want them to see and understand how their role helps the business achieve its overall goals. Right. So if it's an admin person for us that answers the phone and schedules appointments and enters things into the CRM, you know, they they may or in the course of their day to day activities, they may you know, lose sight of or maybe never even fully realize how critical their role is to the success of the overall business. So we want them to see that, right? We're very transparent with our teams in terms of, hey, this is where the business is. This is how we're performing compared to the goals that we've set. You know, because we're in franchise businesses, uh, both of our franchisors do a good job of kind of sharing you know, where you're at as a franchise compared to the rest of the franchise system. And we share that with our teams. You know, in one of our businesses, we own significantly less territory than the vast majority of the other franchisees in that system. Yet, we consistently stay within the top 10 of the entire system for overall revenue you better believe we're sharing that with our team because they are the reason that we're able to perform at that high of a level and they need to know that. And, and we have bonus programs in place. It's all performance-based, right? We're not just blindly handing out bonuses. Um, they've got to perform and they've got to earn them, but we want people to know that if the business is having success, they play a role in that and they're gonna have more success because of it right? So that culture, but it's other things like, you know, getting to know the people that that work for you, right? Treating them as more than just an employee that's showing up to perform their role. You know, we make an effort to try to, you know, try to do it once a month at the bare minimum, once a quarter, have everyone over to the house for a barbecue or, you know, take them out to lunch after, you know, they've busted their asses for us, you know, over the course of a week. I mean, just little things like that in our insulation business, you know, at our building, we've got a break room. And like I said, that is a hot, hot, very difficult job to do. We make sure that those guys have all the water, all the Gatorade, all the ice, whatever they need, you know, to make sure that they can stay hydrated, take care of themselves, you know, while they're in very challenging working conditions. So, like I said, nothing revolutionary here. This is, you know, you listen to anyone talk about how to successfully retain good employees um you know that's a part of it but you know we've got leadership roles within our organizations too now as we're growing you know we're having to build out management teams and so in in our insulation business we have a uh operations manager you could think of it as a general manager and and he's responsible for managing everything that happens in that business and he reports up to me But he's the one there day in, day out, making sure things are getting done the way they need to be. A very, very critical role when it comes to the success of that business. So we want someone in that role that treats that business like they own it, right? That thinks like an owner. So his comp plan includes what I would call phantom equity, right? There's different ways of referring to it, but... You know, as he hits certain milestones in the business that we agreed to ahead of time, and those milestones are tied to both revenue and profitability, he earns phantom equity, essentially meaning he can get paid as if he were an owner. He didn't put any money in in the beginning, he does get a salary, right? But as he grows the business and maintains a certain level of profitability as he does so, He gets paid like an owner as long as he is with us, right? And so that gets this guy thinking about the business like he's an owner because he stands to make a lot more money because he can get paid like an owner, right? But he's thinking about it the right way. He's not just showing up and collecting a paycheck, right? Because his base salary really isn't enough to cover the time that he's putting in and, and the amount of work that, that uh, you know, he's doing. You know, he's got to hit these goals and tap into the upside that he's got uh, for it to make sense in the long run. And, you know, again, because we kind of thought outside of the box of where are we going to go to hire this operations manager, if he hits the goals that we've laid out, which, you know, we feel are very realistic and attainable goals, you know, he'll make three to four times more Than he's ever made before. Right. So it's a massive opportunity for him. You know, we had to find someone that, you know, bought in to the vision and was willing to, you know, take a lower base salary, a lower guaranteed amount of money, meaning he had the confidence in himself to come in and perform well in that role and hit the goals that we've set, knowing that then he would be earning substantially more than he's ever earned before. So just some examples of of, how to really take care of your people. And the last point I'll make is you're never going to get it right 100% of the time when it comes to hiring, right? There's no silver bullet. There's no magic formula. Even if you're in a franchise and you've got an amazing franchisor that's giving you some great resources and guidance when it comes to this, you're going to miss the mark sometimes (laughs) you're you're gonna and you're gonna have some that blow your mind too believe me we have you know we've we've made some bad hires and it didn't work out and we're like yeah we probably should have seen that coming um (laughs) there were some pretty clear signs that we just missed somehow but then you're gonna have ones where man it blows your mind and you're like i cannot believe this this person did not work out but the the key here is when you realize it's not gonna work out and it's not gonna be a fit, fire fast. Right. Don't drag out the inevitable. And I and let me be clear here. I'm not saying, you know, if someone messes up one time, let them go. Right. That's not what I mean when I say fire fast. Like try to coach people up. You know, most people, especially if you buy into a lot of what I've talked about already where you're hiring more so based on personality and character and not necessarily for you know direct experience. Uh, there's going to be a learning curve, right? And you have to get comfortable with that and you have to be willing to let people make mistakes. What we look for is, do you make mistakes and then learn from them? And are you coachable, right? But if you get to the point where you realize after trying to coach uh, an employee or a team member up that they're just not going to work out, they're not going to be a good fit, then don't delay the inevitable, right? Go ahead and cut bait, right? Even if it hurts even if it's a hard thing to do even if it puts you in a jam for a temporary amount of time you'll be better in the long run versus letting someone that you've already determined is not a good fit for that role continue on in that role and that is a very hard thing to do we have done it uh we've we've also dragged it out longer than we should have in a few instances and that's always going to be more costly Uh, and more detrimental to the business than going ahead and biting the bullet and just doing what needs to be done. And a mentor of mine told me one time when it comes to, to having to fire someone, if you truly believe that the role you have them in is not a good fit for them, then think about it this way. You're not doing them any favors by letting them continue on. So think about it this way you're freeing them up for their future. You're freeing them up to go find something that is a better fit for them. Because chances are, if you've realized that it's not a good fit, they have too. Which means they're just going through the motions and they're probably not excited to come to work every day. They're sure as hell not passionate about the work that they're doing and coming to work every day. So fire fast once you've realized that it's not a good fit. So look, the overall point is it's tough. It's really tough to to find good people and to keep good people. I don't care what the business is. I don't care what's going on uh, in the world or the economy or the job market. It is always going to be, in my opinion, the single hardest thing of owning any business. Are things tougher right now? Late July, 2021? Yeah, it is. But guess what? We've been scaling up an insulation business through the thick of this, and a lot of the strategies I talked about today are working well for us. It's not foolproof, but it's working well for us. So for those people out there that, that feel driven to get into business for themselves but are reluctant to take that plunge because of what's happening in the job market right now, my opinion is that is not a reason to hold you back. You know, the other things have to make sense too as it pertains to a franchise. And if you've listened to, you know, my Franchise Friday series, you know there's a very, very methodical, very, very thorough research process that you should go through to investigate a franchise and try to determine if it's a good fit for you, right? But if you've gotten to that point where you've identified a business that you feel confident is a good fit for you. And the only thing or one of the only things that's holding you back from moving forward is that the the labor market is tight right now. Well get over it. Just do what you know you need to do and and dive in because it's it's gonna Get better. It's not going to stay like this forever. You know this unemployment's going to run out eventually. So get out there, think creatively. If it's a franchise business that you're getting into, leverage the resources that the franchisor provides, and just make it happen. Right? Where there's a will, there's a way. Right? This is you know really at the end of the day, if you're letting the labor market hold you back from starting a business that you otherwise believe in. Uh, this is just a fear manifestation. This is your subconscious trying to convince you not to do it. That's my opinion. Um, it's hard out there right now. I'm not discrediting any of that, but if you're serious about getting into business for yourself and, you know, really building a business, there are ways to get it done. Hopefully some of the examples and some of the advice I shared today uh, are helpful for those out there listening, if you do own businesses and you have other strategies that have worked for you when it comes to recruiting, uh, please let me know. I would love to hear you know, what's working for you. I'd even love to hear stories about mistakes that have been made and things that haven't worked for you because as I've already mentioned, we've had plenty of those too. So anyways, I hope this was helpful. Uh, reach out to me if you want to talk about finding a great franchise business for you. My honest opinion is that As we sit here mid 2021, there could not be a better time to make the transition into business ownership if it's something that you've been thinking about. So until next time, hope everyone has an amazing rest of their day, rest of their week. Go drop in, do something awesome, and I'll talk to you soon. to wrap thanks for joining me today and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you'll know when a new episode is released you can also check me out on my website at www.path the number two frdm.com and if you want more information about franchising or just want to say hello feel free to contact me at west the number two frdm.com thanks again now go drop in